This is the Adams Road Podcast, an outreach of the Christian music ministry Adams Road. We study verse by verse through the Bible and share music filled with God's Word. Let's start today by listening through Acts chapter 12, verses 12 through 23. Thinking about that, he came to the house of Mary, the mother of John who was called Mark, where many were gathered together and were praying. When Peter knocked at the door of the gate, a maid named Rhoda came to answer. When she recognized Peter's voice, she didn't open the gate for joy, but ran in and reported that Peter was standing in front of the gate. They said to her, You are crazy. But she insisted that it was so. They said, It is his angel. But Peter continued knocking. When they had opened, they saw him and were amazed. But he, beckoning to them with his hand to be silent, declared to them how the Lord had brought him out of the prison. He said, Tell these things to James and to the brothers. Then he departed and went to another place. Now as soon as it was day, There was no small stir among the soldiers about what had become of Peter. When Herod had sought for him and didn't find him, he examined the guards and commanded that they should be put to death. He went down from Judea to Caesarea and stayed there. Now Herod was very angry with the people of Tyre and Sidon. They came with one accord to him and, having made Blastus, the king's personal aide, their friend, They asked for peace, because their country depended on the king's country for food. On an appointed day, Herod dressed himself in royal clothing, sat on the throne and gave a speech to them. The people shouted, The voice of a god and not a man. Immediately an angel of the Lord struck him, because he didn't give God the glory, and he was eaten by worms and died. Moving on, starting in verse 13. When Peter knocked at the door of the gate, a servant girl named Rhoda came to answer. When she recognized Peter's voice, she didn't open the gate for joy, but ran in and reported that Peter was standing in front of the gate. The good news of Peter's deliverance brought her so much excitement, she immediately wanted to tell the others that Peter was at the gate. But in her joy, she neglected to let Peter in. Have you ever been on cloud nine? So euphoric and elated from having received some sort of good news that you can't focus on the simplest of tasks because your mind, body, and soul are so overcome and impacted by what just happened. It's almost like a version of shock, but based on positive news, not bad news. You know what, I'm glad the Holy Spirit inspired Luke to include this detail. This is like down to earth and true to life stuff. And it's funny. Verses 15 and 16. They said to her, you're crazy. But she insisted that it was so. They said, it is his angel. But Peter continued knocking. When they had opened, they saw him and were amazed. These people were praying day and night for Peter's deliverance from prison. God answers their prayer and Peter shows up at their doorstep. Rhoda answers the door and reports to them that Peter's out there. 
they don't believe Peter's out there and tell her she must be crazy in seeing a ghost or something. Their posture comes across as, Rhoda, quit bothering us with this nonsense that Peter has actually been delivered from prison in accordance with our earnest prayers to God to deliver Peter from prison. Now leave us alone so that we can get back to praying that God would deliver Peter from prison. <laughs> I find this so hilarious and yet so akin to something I would probably do. They prayed constantly with extreme earnestness, but how great was their expectation that God would actually meet their request. The other month I made a petition to God for something. Within a couple days, he very specifically answered my prayer and gave me what I had asked for and actually above and beyond what I had petitioned for. It took me a minute to even make the connection Wait a second, oh my goodness, didn't I just pray about this very thing the other day? And here's my answer. He granted my request with such grace and generosity. I was so surprised and taken back. I remember crying out to God with gratitude and appreciation. The truth is, I had no expectation that God was actually gonna respond to my prayer in such a way, and so promptly. It's obvious I lacked a ton of faith and prayed without any sort of expectation. Like when Jesus tells his disciples in Mark 11, 24, therefore I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. Like that wasn't me at all. Nor did that seem to be the case with those believers praying for Peter in the house of Mary. But even then, God can still hear our prayers as believers. When we ask anything in accordance with His will, He hears us. And when we know that He hears us in whatever we ask, then we know that we have the requests we have asked of Him, as the Apostle John wrote. I understand that God's answers won't always line up with our desires or petitions, but when they do, we shouldn't be surprised, should we? Good thing God doesn't depend on our quote-unquote great faith for everything He decides to do because all too often our faith is pretty puny. I mean, God works in many cases not because of our faith, but in spite of it, because He is a merciful and good God. And He's sovereign, and will do what He pleases in accordance with His purposes and plans in spite of us. God can even work with faith as small as a mustard seed. He knows we're frail and full of folly and often lack faith. I think of the father of the boy with a mute spirit in Mark 9. Jesus said to him, If you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Immediately the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. All right, so recapping Acts 12, verse 16. Peter keeps knocking because no one had opened. When they finally open the door and see Peter standing there, they're amazed. Verse 17. But he, beckoning to them with his hand to be silent, declared to them how the Lord had brought him out of the prison. He said, Tell these things to James and to the brothers. Then he departed and went to another place. Peter wanted the church to know what God had done in delivering him. They were to report this news to James. Obviously, this isn't James the Apostle, who had just been beheaded. This is James, the half-brother of Jesus, the one who was very prominent as a leader in the Jerusalem church, 
and who likely wrote the book of James in the Bible. Verse 18. Now as soon as it was day, there was no small stir among the soldiers. What had become of Peter? When Herod had sought for him and didn't find him, he examined the guards and then commanded that they should be put to death. He went down from Judea to Caesarea and stayed there. Herod was likely planning to kill Peter before the people to do their bidding for his political advancement. I can imagine he was pretty upset when things didn't pan out as he had hoped. Here he'd taken extra precautions to make sure Peter didn't escape imprisonment, and yet what he feared happened anyway. God delivered Peter. Somebody was going to pay for this. And so the guards were the scapegoats. He had them killed. Somebody had to take the blame and die for this blunder. Those poor guards may have had wives and kids. In that day, the guard was given the penalty due the prisoner if the prisoner escaped. Moving on, starting in verse 20. Now Herod was very angry with the people of Tyre and Sidon. They came with one accord to him, and having made Blastus, the king's personal aide, their friend, they asked for peace, because their country depended on the king's country for food. On an appointed day, Herod dressed himself in royal clothing, sat on the throne, and gave a speech to them. The people shouted, the voice of a god and not of a man. Immediately an angel of the Lord struck him, because he didn't give God the glory. Then he was eaten by worms and died. The people of Tyre and Sidon had no choice but to basically suck up to Herod. They made every effort to make peace with him, since they depended on his country for food. It was that or starve. I can't imagine it'd be fun to sit under an unjust authority, but feel forced to brown nose just to get by. These crowds were obviously stroking his ego and flattering him, and they were likely doing it not because they really thought Herod was so good and gracious, but because they probably thought it was in their best interest to do so. Making an everyday application, I wonder what kind of hoops some people feel they need to jump through at times to win the favor of, say, a corrupt boss just to ensure they can feed the family next week. Vain flattery and insincere words to get something from someone you want or need. That was the crowd before Herod, I think. Ever been on the receiving end of adoration and praise from others, whether fake or sincere? How'd that make you feel? How'd you respond? Herod had to have known that the people of Tyre and Sidon probably hated him and were only doing what was necessary to get food and seeking peace with him. And yet he seemed to crave the praise, however he could get it. Herod was likely the one who had leveraged them into this desperate situation in the first place. And now he's all too ready to swoop in as the quote-unquote hero from heaven to be their savior. Doesn't appear many things have changed in the world of politics since then. Sounds like some modern-day politicians to me. At any rate, King Herod was dressed in his royal attire and apparently made a real production out of it. Perhaps he hoped the fanfare would impress the crowd and draw their cheers. After Herod's speech to the people, he receives their praise and adoration, a political rock star. The people were shouting, the voice of a god and not of a man. He absorbed it like a dry sponge soaking up wet sewage. And this was his undoing. 
because he didn't give God the glory. An angel struck him. Then he was eaten by worms and died. John the Baptist said, a person cannot receive even one thing unless it's given him from heaven. Herod's position of power was given him from above, and Herod's ability to withhold or grant food to a region as an earthly ruler was only his because God had permitted it. Herod should have acknowledged that God was the provider, not him. He should have deflected the praise and given God the credit. Consider Herod's response in contrast to Peter's when Cornelius first meets Peter in Acts 10, 25-26. It says, When Peter entered, Cornelius met him and fell down at his feet and worshipped him. But Peter lifted him up, saying, Stand up, I too am a man. Anytime someone begins to direct improper attention or ascribe worship or glory to you that's due only to God, don't touch that with a 10-foot pole. Remember how the angel responded to the Apostle John in Revelation 22:8-9. It says, I, John, am the one who heard and saw these things. And when I heard and saw them, I fell down to worship at the feet of the angel who showed them to me. But he said to me, you must not do that. I am a fellow servant with you and your brothers of the prophets and with those who keep the words of this book. Worship God. Paul and Barnabas, like Peter and the angel in Revelation, also deflected the worship of men after God had healed a man through Paul. Luke accounts, the people saw what Paul did. They called with loud voices in the language of the people of Lycaonia. The gods have become like men and have come down to us. They said that Barnabas was Jupiter. Paul was called Mercury because he spoke more than Barnabas. The god of Jupiter was in a building near the gate, leading into the city. The religious leader of that place brought cattle and flowers to the gate. He and many others wanted to burn these as gifts in an act of worship to Paul and Barnabas. When Paul and Barnabas heard this, they ran among the people. They tore their clothes and cried out, Why are you doing this? We are only men with feelings like yours. We preach the good news that you should turn from these empty things to the living God. Coming back around to Acts chapter 12, Herod should have been more like Paul and Barnabas, tearing his clothes and crying out to the crowds after his oration. Why are you doing this? I'm only a man. But it appears Herod had like a God complex. It seems like he loved being in control having authority and dominance over others, and then as if he was God himself, being their savior and receiving the credit for it. Jesus spoke of John the Baptist saying, what did you go out to see? A man dressed in fine clothes. No, those who live in luxury But again Jesus asked them all What did you go out to see? A prophet, yes, and more He is the messenger who came before To prepare the way for me And John was full of truth Unlike the Pharisees He was a servant of 
Kings and Palaces from the Adams Road album Enemy of the Cross. Word of God, we cannot go wrong 
sword to make amends and enemies, members of his own house. That was Spiritual Warfare from the Adams Road album, Book of Life. This is the Adams Road podcast, an outreach of the Christian music ministry, Adams Road. You can learn more about us at adamsroadministry.com. Again, that's adamsroadministry.com. We release a new podcast episode every Saturday. Join us next week as we examine Acts chapter 12, verses 21 to 25. Grace and peace be with you all.